Welcome to the Business of Restoration by Next Gear Solutions, a podcast exploring technology and best practices in the restoration industry. Today's episode features Next Gear Solutions CEO Garrett Gray and Chris Quarter, the president of Coastal Restoration in Gearheart, Oregon. We hope you enjoy listening in as Garrett and Chris discuss what life is like inside the restoration industry and how technology is transforming the way contractors are doing business. Welcome to our first podcast. Uh, I have uh, Chris Quarter from Coastal Restoration with me here today, and I think the title of our podcast is going to be uh, uh, the business of restoration. But it's a working title because it's our first one, and and uh, I don't know what I'm doing here. So uh, um, uh, we're excited to at least uh, start these conversations. So thank you, Chris, for for joining us on our our first uh, podcast. Thank you, Garrett. I'm excited to be here. You know, it was a, kind of a surprise and uh, interested in how it's going to go and excited to, you know, talk about the business and, yeah. and what's to come. Yeah, look, like uh, um, for me, uh, this whole podcast is going to center around the just the business of restoration, meaning, you know, uh, how people are running their companies uh, today. And um, I'm not the most technical out in the field uh, kind of guy. My, my uh, background is uh, been all about you know, how to run a better business. Um, and I think there's a, a lot of really good content around how to better dry homes or, you know, different ways of removing mold or, or, you know, how to uh, run a construction project, um, out in the field better. But, uh, I think the focus here is going to be on, uh, different business owners and, uh, you know, how they're running their business. <laughs> so for those who are listening, uh, Chris's phone just started vibrating and, and now we're, we're slightly distracted, which, it's totally okay because we can either edit yeah. this out or this is going to be very authentic. Yeah. We're, we're working here. We're working. <laughs> we're working. working. <laughs> this is a good example of uh, um, <laughs> of uh, owning a business. Uh, I'm assuming, right? Is is a, an emergency coming through, Chris? Uh, yeah, we're uh, trying to load a dash job here right now. Nice. So, Chris, uh, give me some context. Uh, you're you're up in Oregon. Uh, yep. Tell me about your where you service. So we're based out of Gearhart, Oregon. It's a small, I would say, county. Um, we have several small towns, communities on the Oregon coast. Um, we are uh, really the premier uh, restoration contractor there. Uh, we are about an hour and a half out of Portland. Okay. So we do get, you know, some of those, uh, you know, urban metro type companies, you know, some of the franchises and stuff that come out and have contracts and programs and stuff with uh, insurance companies that come out a lot. But we, uh, we have, you know, built our business there. I was, uh, my family has uh, been in that county for over a hundred years. Oh, wow. So our name is, is uh, prevalent there which helps. And then, uh, you know, we've, we've just based things off of our, uh, our, you know, um, just our quality work, um, and our good customer service and, and it's been good for us, but yeah, so that's kind of the area we service. We also cross the river into, um, Southwest Washington. Okay. Um, there's some coastal communities there, very touristy. There's some second homes, a lot of second homes. Um, it, we kind of go by the hand us our, hand us your keys and go do your, your life and, and we'll take, we'll take care, care of it. Yeah. So anyway, that's kind of us. How long have you been in restoration? We are just at 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. Okay. Um, started in 2009. It was, uh, it was kind of a crazy start. Um, I grew up in the drywall business. Okay. Uh, went to college, you know, did some college stuff. Um, I'm a huge athletics guy. Uh, so I was in that world in college athletics for a while, came home, uh, and started working back with my dad and um, just I've always been kind of a driver like I wanted to to build something you know um, and so 
you know, he just, it just wasn't providing enough for me to keep me satisfied. And so I started digging into the restoration world a little bit, um, just because the drywall. What made you think of restoration? A lot of people ask me how I got into restoration. It's a pretty random story. What, what? It is crazy. Here's a funny thing. So I, um, when I was in college in, uh, in, at Western Oregon, uh, university, I lived on this road and this green truck would drive by all the time and it was a restoration company. I won't name any names. Can't imagine who. Yeah. And I was like, what the heck is that? You know, I didn't even know what it meant. You know, I didn't understand it at all. Uh, I had no clue, but, um, what happened with restoration was my dad was really, uh, he was he was really forward thinking in how he did drywall, and so we dried out houses before we drywall. Got it. Okay. We live in a wet climate. Yeah. So he would make sure the contractors had heat. We put dehumidifiers in. Um, you know, we were using dry yeast stuff, obviously. Wow. Uh, that kind of stuff, and um, we weren't checking anything really, right? We were just you, you were know, forward thinking, of, but you didn't know everything. So yeah. You were, you were just yeah. Exactly. So, you know, and things kind of slowed off a little bit there, uh, you know, in, in uh, you know, 07, 08. And I I was trying to raise a family. And so I was kind of dig- scratching up work a little bit. Talked to an, uh, one of my insurance friends, actually, a family friend. And he was he was needing some help there on the coast. And it was hard to get good contractors, you know. For the first several years of, of our business, um, adjusters would say, there's just nobody on the coast. There's nobody on the coast. We are just out of luck you know it's a crap shot out here and so i just took that and i just kept working with it well <clears throat> so we kind of flagshiped the business made up the name i called up the phone company and again this is this is during like the mortgage crisis essentially yes. so so reconstruction or new construction <laughs> is down mm-hmm. people aren't building homes and and you're now launching you're looking for something you know different to do because business is down and yeah. and and no adjusters on the coast and or no no contractors on the coast according to adjusters. And yeah. So now you think I'm gonna get into restoration. Right. Yeah. And I you know, um people were down and people were having a hard time. My neighbors are builders and carpenters and they're I'm working, you know, sixteen hours a day. They're sitting at home washing their truck and drinking, yeah. you know, drinking waiting Kool-Aid, for the phone to ring. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh and wondering how what are you doing? You know, I'm like, Well, I'm underneath houses sucking out water i'm uh, tearing out carpet i'm fixing roofs you know all the stuff nobody else wants to do right. probably yeah. yeah and part of it was too you know with drywalls I, I watched how hard my dad had to work yeah just to make ends meet you know and uh not that that was a bad thing you know it was just that if, if i had the opportunity i wanted to to better it yeah and so um in it took a few a few years to actually get some to kind of get some traction um, because it takes a while to get the gestures to know you and get the insurance company. So, to what trust it, so you. how did you get traction? Like, what, what was the what was your first step in 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 uh, uh, building this restoration business? Well, were I you able to say, leverage your your contacts from drywall, or did you feel like you have to start from ground one? You know, I mean, I was. It's a small community, yeah. and they know. You know, when I walked into somebody's door, or um, you know, they they knew my name and they trusted me. Got it. Um, but it was, it's hard to get people that I still have a hard time. People that I know don't know what I do. <laughs> it's hard to articulate yeah. uh, th- this business, right? It's, it is. It, I, I get that a lot. It yep. is. It's crazy. I mean, I have, I know just the other day a guy was, you know, he had another company out and sent them home. And then I ended up there and he's like, you know, how did I not know you did this? Like, right. I'm like, well, you just, 
you, until you need it, you don't know. Yeah. You know, unless somebody tells it, shares it with it's you. It's not the sexiest industry, right? You're no. not, you're not, uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, at dinner parties is kind of hard to explain exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. Well, and you, so that, that's it. It's just hard. I mean, I, I tried all kinds of avenues. I'd go to the fire department. I'd, you know, because people would call them, you know, and, and a lot of it, honestly, I have to credit to my dad. I mean, okay. my dad really had a, has a great name in town and uh, a lot of people know him. He's very kind and he's a, he's a good guy. And so, um, and he has a ton of contacts within the industry. So a lot of people where we're from would call like somebody they know that's a carpenter or in the industry and they would say, Hey, you know, my, fridge leaked or whatever and I need some help what should I do you know or or and like the way we got really the way I got kind of tied into it was um a guy from State Farm was uh having issues with with drywall repair and so I said hey can we do those little jobs for you or whatever we'll take care of them and and you know we'll do it right and he was like yeah but I got to give out three names or whatever yeah well it quickly turned into you know, he was he wasn't going to give out three names as much as he should have because we were taking care of it so well. Yeah. And so um, and that, and that was kind of where it stemmed. And, and pretty much every time you have a water damage, you know, you have drywall involved. Sure. And so that's kind of where we kind of triggered from. And then I would just say, um, you know, in like in 2010, I, I, I did research, you know, and I discovered uh, Restoration Science Academy you know, where Brandon Burton yeah. was. And, oh, yeah. and, you know, part of my story is Brandon. And yeah. I had my first... For those listening who don't know, Brandon now uh, works uh, at Nextgear and, and is, a, is a big part of, uh, you know, how we, uh, you know, think about the science of drying and, and how we integrate that into our technology. Yeah. But been in the industry forever. Uh, dry ease, legend brands for, gosh, I think over 20 years. So that, that's interesting. Yeah, he's he's a, he's an icon in the industry. He's an icon. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, so technical, so personable, um, so caring. Yeah. All the things that uh, that are what we are. And uh, anyway, so went through that class. You know, I've told the story a few times, but I, I step outside and I call my dad. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm just telling you, we need to halt all operations until I get back because we're doing things we're doing way wrong. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that, so. I mean, that's great though. Like I, I can't tell you, uh, you know, how many people, you know, um, that, that we meet that, uh, that there's so much, uh, um, there can be so much profit in just kind of slinging equipment around, um, that it, for some, uh, figuring out how to do it right or getting the right training isn't as important. And, uh, they're just hoping it's not going to catch up with them. So I think that's, that's good to hear. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. Um, there, it's a obviously there's a lot of, of people that do things you know wrong in yeah. the industry, which makes it harder for us to do things right. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Yeah, so it's you know I tell my team all the time I'm like, hey, um, be transparent. You have to understand at any time if somebody asks you for the information that you need to provide it to them. Yeah, because there's all kinds of opportunity for you know me to go to a sub and say, hey, can you make that that bid? You know. 8,500 instead of 4,500 sure. and, and we pocket the extra four Yeah, happens all the time. Yeah. There's no way in heck that's going to happen with our company. And that's yeah. one of the things that scares me about the growth, you know, is that, you know, the more pieces you have to the puzzle, the easier it is for something to go astray. That's a great segue. So, so you've been doing this for 10 years. Um, is that right? I get, I got the yeah. time ring. Okay. So, uh, 10 years. Um, tell me about your growth story. You know, wh- where, how many people do you have now? How is, uh, 
um, you know, how you're thinking about scaling and, and uh, um, what are your concerns or fears? Lots of fears. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, that's a good question because uh, I have a hiring uh, time today. I got I to gotta talk to somebody that's on coming on board. Um, it's been kind of crazy and it's, I'm, I'm not a, a big company type of a person, but at the same time, I'm trying to be business smart. And so I'm working, you know, I'm working into that a little bit. We started off with, with myself, just me. Um, and, and it kind of grew a little bit. It, you know, became, you know, to make a long story short, short, it went to my wife helping me do the books and the billing and things like that. Cause she was tired of seeing me out late, sure. you know? Um, and she's been very helpful and she's our, our bookkeeper today. Yep. Um, to, you know, just the need, what do we need? And we needed an estimator. We needed an office manager. We needed a project manager. We needed a mitigation manager. So, um, all that stuff is, uh, because of the good work we've done, you know, and earned trust with, you know, the people we work for and work with, it's, it's, it's grown crazy, um, for me. And we have, uh, gosh, we hired, we've hired, you know, I, I have like a list that I keep of who we've, who we have and what their start dates are and all that kind of stuff. And so it was like one, one, three, four, four, you know, and, and here we are at like 12. Yeah. Right. Um, and I'm probably going to hire, uh, this, this, uh, woman today probably to, to start doing our in-house painting. So now we have in-house painting, in-house drywall, uh, you know, four carpenters, you know, two project managers and mitigation side, we have a full crew and which my sister uh, is actually trained. She's very young and doing an amazing job, uh, came to connect with us and was, you know, her brain just took off. She's doing awesome. But so we have her and then two technicians. Um, and then we kind of just bounce back and forth and then the office staff, of course. So we have an estimator project coordinator and I'm just like, how is this happening? <laughs> <laughs> now you've touched on something that's uh, an interesting kind of debate that we have in this industry. Uh, you do a lot of your trades in house. It sounds like you do painting in house. Um, now you come from the drywall world, so I'm yeah. assuming you do drywall in house. Yeah. Um, what what have you just? How did you decide what you're going to do in house uh, versus subbing out? Yeah, it's tough, and that's part of the debate today with uh, hiring uh, the new the painter. Um, we. And the drywall thing was tough. My dad still does a lot of our drywall, but he can only do so much. You know, he's very picky. Um, it's just him and my brother. So uh, they can't do everything. But um, it kind of boils down to if you have the work and you have, and the right person walks in the door, then you make it happen. You know what I mean? And I've always kind of, anytime I've put out um, an ad to hire somebody, it, it never works. I use a sandwich board in front of my office. I just set it out there, and it's just like a. It's you must just like get a, a lot of foot traffic charm. by your office. Yeah, I mean, just people driving by, you know, yeah. and it's you know small town, so the word starts buzzing. Sure. You know, like, geez, Chris is hiring again. Right. Well, it's not necessarily. Sometimes, even sometimes, if the crew's kind of acting up, I'll just set it out there just for fun. You know. Um, <laughs> this, is a, this is a uh, get your act together. Uh, um, well, what are you thinking? Like, what's Chris thinking? Like, okay, <laughs> yeah. If your employees are listening to this podcast now, you've just let your secret go. So. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> they will. They get excited. But um, you know, it's it's all it's a little bit of luck. But um, the people that we have have all been transformed from something else. Our our uh, project coordinator actually was a waitress and a like a uh, event coordinator for in the food industry sure. and I worked for her as a kid 
Wow. Yeah. And when she, she, her name came up, she was looking for something different to do that was kind of a little slower pace from restaurant world, you know. Um, I was like, Vicky, she, she's, yeah, well, we can transform her in anything because of who she is, yeah. you know. So that's kind of how we've went. We've looked for the, the uh, personality, the characteristics, transformed them. Um, so if you found success with that, like you're not necessarily, lo- you're not hiring people with experience in our industry, you're pulling people from other industries that have like core values and characteristics that you find are successful and then you're shaping them. Yeah. One of the things, you know, talking to contractors you know, as I travel all around, finding good people is, is, is a really difficult thing. And, yeah. um, yeah, I, I find that, you know, some people are trying to uh, find people who have experience. And so there's a lot of, you know, uh, trading, uh, employees around the space that, mm-hmm. uh, that we see, um, what, what's your, um, philosophy on that? Have you found you know, luck in both or? Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the experience thing is hard cause yeah. they come with all these bad habits. Sure. And that's just known. Everybody, everybody's finding that out, you know? And so I would say, you know, if you're trainable, you know, and you're a good person, and you have you know good attributes and stuff like that. You know the thing the thing with like customers is um, they will let little quality things or like or finish type items slip a little bit if they're taken care of nicely. You sure. know because we can always fix little things here and there. But it's in this industry, it's about service, good service. And yeah. today, people have the highest expectations as ever. So sure. you got to be able to communicate. You know you got to tell them when you're going to be there, when you're going to leave, what you did. You know, it, everything is very transparent. So, you know, that's kind of that's kind of how we function. Um, of of course, like the the uh, the greatest thing to ever happen would be if somebody walk in with great experience and be, you know, a good person and have all the good stuff. You know, but yeah. it, you know, for that to happen is is pretty rare. We like, for instance, our our drywall uh, our in house drywall guy. Um, he he was doing drywall actually in California moved up to, to where we're at and uh, you know he was he was doing some other types of jobs and stuff like that and just kind of got tired of it and wanted back in and he wasn't like he wasn't perfect you know in in the drywall repair type stuff so we thought you know we can train you know we'll see if he's trainable um, and I kind of have I have a little bit of a I don't know a grudge against that drywall <laughs> stuff because of my dad was so good at it sure so I was just like I don't know like I, I don't know if I can handle it and it took me a little while have somebody else in there doing it um but the cool thing with that with that situation is our project manager actually worked in drywall for his whole career before i transformed him yeah and so he came from drywall so he was able to kind of guide him along and uh and they've they've done really well and and it's working out great so we kind of do it just depends on the job we kind of split so you know like your question about subs versus you know in-house you know, in-house obviously is probably more profitable. You, you know? think so? I think so. Okay. You know, if it's well-managed. Okay. Um, you know, the, the hard part with subs is you can't, it's hard to control them. Okay. I mean, uh, for instance, if you don't mind, I'll kind of veer off here a little bit. Insurance companies right now are are just so um, rebuttal about uh, having supervisor hours or mm. having a project manager or whatnot. Well, I mean, if you try to round up some subs to do a job, I mean, you pretty much got to, you know, take them to coffee, get them some donuts, feed them, you know, give them some swag, 
hopefully they'll show up on time and get your, you know, cause they're just so busy and, and the demand is so high. So, you know, trying to coordinate them and get them onto the job on time and then get them to do what you need them to do is, is difficult. So the nice thing about in-house is you have a little more control, you know, like if you're like, Hey, I want you to do this today and that tomorrow and then back here today or the next day, you know, it's a, it's a little better because our industry is crazy. Like, yeah. you, like, how about call the sub and say, hey, can you run over to this job and just put primer on it, um, please, <laughs> sure. so we can get the washer and dryer back in? I don't know. Right. And they're like, yeah, we can't. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that's the the question, right? Like, uh, and, and maybe it's a scale thing. You, you, there's you know business models out there that I've seen where you know they do five ten million dollars with a uh, office of five people. Yeah. And super profitable, and they keep their uh, um, you know their subs so busy that when they do say, you know, jump, they jump. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I, I think there's, uh, I've seen operations where there's a mix and they, they struggle to control subs. And just like you said, so yeah. then they started opting for in-house resources. Uh, I, I think that has, you know, problems too, because sometimes with in-house resources, uh, you know, they're more on the clock. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, you know, if they don't get to something today, they're going to come back tomorrow and you don't really have the option of fixing your, your costs like yeah. you potentially do with subs. Yeah. So I, it's, it's an interesting, um, debate. It's funny. Um, uh, generally, um, I also hear in my area, I can't sub because of X, Y, and Z. Um, yeah. everyone thinks their areas is a bit unique. Um, yeah, and, and some areas are unique. Yeah. Um, do you do you feel like yours is area driven, or do you do you feel like it's it maybe where you're at in scale today that you you think that uh, it's hard to to get subs to you know respond the, as you need to? The crazy thing about us is there's not a lot of companies where we're at that do um, that do the volume that we are doing. To be honest, yeah, um, we're not doing huge projects left and right. You know, like stacked up. Um, so you're not, you're 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 kind of a, a volume shop. You're doing lots of smaller jobs as opposed to you know some commercial or some larger yeah. volume or larger dollar jobs. Right. Got it. I mean, because yeah, I mean we have a lot of different jobs on the books, you know. So our range, you know, is from you know the the two thousand dollar job to the. I mean, we we did a million dollar job. Okay, that's a, that's a good size job. Yeah, but but those are few and far between. Sure. So there's a lot of them that make it up. So um, you know. I would say most of the subs are on one of our jobs like every week, you know, so sometimes they get kind of stacked up and then they're, you know, they're, they're like solely working for us. So sure. I'm like, we have enough for our own if we can, if we can figure it out. But I think a good balance is, is good is okay. what I'm thinking. You know, it's like, it's kind of like the program versus the non-program. <laughs> right. You know, you got to kind of have that, you got to have that split. I mean, I think sub versus in-house, it's good to have somebody in-house but maybe you don't need a whole crew. Sure. You know? So if you got, you know, for instance, like when we were finishing up uh, that, the largest job we've done, which was just under a million dollar job, uh, fire, fire repair, we were pushing to get done, get them back in the house at a certain date. And uh, our, our in-house drywall guy was there uh, just, you know, fixing every little thing that needed to be fixed as we're going out the door. And, and that was a pretty big win for me. I was there watching it happen and, and it was pretty cool. Like, to be at that point where we're able to do that without calling, sure, you know, my sub, my dad, like, hey, can you <laughs> run over here, you know, and he's and he's like, well, actually, I'm sorry, I'm in the middle of a bunch of other stuff, so right, um, and it's your dad, kind of so thing. what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah, you know, for, funny thing is, you know, if he listens to this, 
I get put on the back burner a lot. <laughs> I know I can imagine that, right? Like it's, it's family my son family calling. Won't fight me. Yeah, yeah, right. Like yeah, I can see that a lot. <laughs> That's great. So. so, so as you've been you've been growing over the last several years, like what are some of the biggest challenges that you've you've faced? Biggest challenges, um, you know, I've been really, you know, I kind of live by the work hard and, and uh, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get, kind of thing. Sure. And I feel like we've we've worked really hard, but we've also been very fortunate. You know, things have rolled pretty nicely with us. I would say, um, probably challenge wise, for me has just been managing the business part of it. You know, because and maybe it's just it's probably a lot of it has to do with just me and who I am and how how I'm built. But I'm I'm I've found that I'm good at just doing. You yeah. Know? And so the planning, <laughs> right, and then the forecasting and, you know, um, and the business part of it, the money, the finances, the, um, you know, thinking ahead and, and budgeting and knowing, like, uh, do we need another guy or, or what happens if the water damage doesn't come in this week? Or, you know, we've been pretty lucky over our whole kind of our run, our build of the business as to where just about the time I get nervous, Something happens. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, that's a, it's tough because even in regular construction, you know, it's, it's that same feeling. It's like, I better go bid that job or I better take that job because. We Who knows if there's another one right, right. behind it. Yeah. yeah. And that's like the, that's just like, it's just hard, you know, because, you know, people that, uh, you know, especially guys that have, you know, their wives or their families are like, why are you so busy all the time? Well, gotta get this job done well why'd you take that job well i wasn't sure you know i thought we needed it yeah you know and so it's you know it's like when the phone rings and it's a uh, uh, two-story huge water loss in a multi-million dollar home and you're already slammed it's like oh yeah you're not turning that one down yeah right yeah, that's not happening <laughs> so it's just that kind of stuff or you're at you know christmas dinner and uh and the yeah. same call comes in right yeah yeah yep there's exactly. there's there's no downtime for uh for for this, this it, it is and that, and i say i would say that's probably the other tough thing is just uh you know the employees and um what you're asking of them mm. you know because you're asking a lot yeah you know because uh they have people you gotta be are, on call yeah. right a lot of them gotta be on call yeah. uh things happen it seems like at the worst time for yeah. us right like it's I always, I always tell people, uh, if you're, if you're slow, like schedule us to come out and do like some consulting or something. Cause yeah. like luck will have it that we'll get there the night before you had a huge fire and you have to cancel or something. Yeah. It's just, it's just how it works. Oh, I know. Yeah. Or, uh, it's a funny, I'm surprised you didn't get a big fire like yesterday before you had to fly down. Well, here. Friday night we did. did. You? We had people, yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> unfortunately I have a great crew, you know, and they, yep. they're taking care of it. And you shut your phone off too. I did. I mean, that's yeah, amazing. That's off. Um, and, and I, when you said that about my phone, I was, I was thinking that, um, I do have a very good crew, um, and I know I've put a lot of work into them to to build who they are. But they are who they are too. They're good. Yeah. They're good people. Um, we just recently put together our core values and a mission statement, which I've been, you know, just on my mind for a long sure. time. We just kind of finalized that the other day, um, and they're all part a part of that. And Did you include them in the process? Of, oh yeah. Oh great. That's, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you. You know, uh, not uh, including your team in the process of uh, um, of creating your mission statement and your core values is a mistake a lot of leaders make. Yeah. And now you're just kind of handing down your core values and and your mission. And it, it if it's not 
collaborative, yeah, um, it's it's a it's a harder sell. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, you definitely need to have you know the strongest input, but um, you know who we are is who they are, and you and you want that to be fluid. Yeah, you know when they I've I mean, tried like heck throughout the process to to tell them like hey when you go out there they're looking for me you know yeah. they want to see me so you have to you know kind of be thinking that like um what would i do or how would i want it taken care of you know obviously use your own little tweaks to it to to make it yours but you know you know try to kind of keep that in mind because even today people are like where's chris or right. i want to talk to chris or people uh, in my office say that my phone is magic yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. so. We we and next year we struggle with that too. Um, yeah. Like we were a really small company, and you know now we're over two hundred people. And and you know for for some people they sell my cell phone, and I mean anyone can have my cell phone. But like I get texts, you know, if you know somebody isn't going the way someone wants it to go, or they want a certain feature. Yeah. Um, it, you, you talked earlier about you know tr- you're a doer, yeah. and uh, um, you know. It's, part of the struggle for growing is, is not just doing and kind of doing the work it takes to set up others for success. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to learn that lesson now too. What, what, what advice do you have for, um, uh, for people who are trying to go through that, uh, transition? You know, I would just, I would just say kind of take it in, take in the, what you have and, and, you know, the, what you've built, you know, and try to, uh, try to be the visionary, you know, cause, um, I'm noticing a lot of people look up to me, you know, and so sure. I just try to, I try to lead by example. Um, I try to find ways to, to, you know, kind of keep involved with the stuff that I like to do, you know, uh, whether it be going out on a call or, you know, um, and that, and that's kind of a, you kind of have to gauge like what your availability is and what you can do. And you're, you're actually pretty flexible once you get to a certain point, you know, and I, I kind of, I like that, you know, yeah. but it's hard to get for me, sometimes I'm a little bit of a slow reactor because I'm somewhat cautious. But, you know, like uh, today, this whole, you know, doing a podcast with you today is, is a really cool opportunity for me. And it's almost like a, you know, another little milestone, sure. you know, in, in our company and who we are and stuff like that. But to be able to pull away and do it. <laughs> it's um, a big deal. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's awesome. But, you know, um, let's, you know, Mary Catherine calls and says, hey, can you do this? I'm looking at my calendar. I'm like, you know, I don't have anything crazy on Monday, and this is what I need to be doing is is doing stuff like this and um, making our company more known and taking advantage of those types of things. So I would just try to say, as hard as it is as it is to do, is to like in, enjoy the stage that you're at because it's constantly going to change. You know, the the first day when all you're doing is, you know, digging and grinding and then billing and calling and all by yourself. And then, you know, the years, as the years go by, next thing you know, you're hiring and then pretty soon you're managing and, and now you're visioning, you know, where you're going to go. And, and, uh, um, I guess just kind of, you know, try to be in the moment and, and enjoy it, uh, for what's, for what it's worth. And I know a lot of business owners, um, especially in construction and restoration started with their hands yeah, for the most part. Um, and so it's hard to make that transition to, um, the business side of it. But I, and I guess that one other thing I would say is I think, uh, you, you need to look at possibly finding a good consultant that mm. is, understands the business because not that you necessarily need to build this ginormous business, 
but you need to be smart about it and you need to have somebody that can kind of see it from another perspective and almost be, um, uh, I do a lot of coaching with kids. Sure. So I'm always, I'm always instructing them. I was going to say yelling. <laughs> um, I, I talk loud a lot. Sure. Uh, and, uh, the current sport is softball. So there is a lot of yelling. Um, but I'm always instructing them and I always think like, and my employees and stuff, I'm always kind of coaching them as well. And I think of it as a sport, my business, like a sport. Um, but uh, nobody's ever coaching me, you yeah. know, nobody's ever saying, hey, Chris, you need to be kind of working on that or hey, Chris, you know, so that uh, somebody that fits your business, like a consultant, and I, I can't name any names or give per somebody the right person to call. Sure. But somewhere along the lines, if you run into somebody at a show or at some kind of um, some kind of event that that you feel like could fit you, that could help you and, and see from a different perspective, I think might be. That's thing. and that's good advice to I think any business owner, right? Like yeah. it's it is one of the loneliest places to to have to manage a business because if things are tough, yeah. you're not going to show that to your employees. Your your yeah. job is to kind of keep a, a a positive outlook and, and and project strength for your team. Uh, you can't really talk to your clients about your struggles, and, yeah. And so you know it's it's a it, I I found is you know building next gear. Um, you you got to careful talking to your spouse because yeah. you don't want to worry them. No. Uh, you know, if you're worried about how you're going to pay payroll or, you know, this check didn't come in and what is that, what are the implications of that? Um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, I think it's a lonely place for, for most entrepreneurs of all industries, but mm. especially in, I think restoration because it's a 24 seven, uh, business. And so you don't, you can't even plan downtime, um, where you can be reflective or, or, you know, you know, get, uh, uh, someone to talk to you about things because you're on the go all the time. Yeah. When you need somebody that's kind of that relates to the industry, you know, that can understand and, you know, help you out a little bit. And, and you know, maybe it's just like that, hey, you really don't need to worry about that. Like, it'll be fine. Sure. You know, um, those kinds of things could be helpful. Yeah. You know, especially if you trust them and, you know, you build a good relationship. So that's something I'm kind of, that I'm starting to kind of think about and utilize is because, uh, you know, things get kind of big and kind of scary. Yeah. And uh, it, it isn't always going to be perfect, you yep. know, so things can go wrong. And when they do, what are you going to do? And, um, you know, having somebody on your side would be awesome. Well, especially when you are a doer, right? Like, yeah. like you know, you can do it a certain way. Right. Um, and if you want to scale, the only way to scale is to get other people to do what you used to do. Yeah. And you, the likelihood that they're going to do it as well as you, um, is, is low, especially in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And, and so being able to have the confidence to, to kind of let people make mistakes, yeah. um, and just coach them. That's a, that's a whole nother skill than, than doing it yourself. And, and, you know, it's something for me as I've, you know, built next year from the ground up, um, it, it's, it's been a learning process for me to figure out how to, to let people go off and, and, you know, make the same mistakes I probably made, you know, 10 years ago, but now I feel like, you know, I, I've learned a lot and, and I don't want those mistakes to be repeated. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to, you can't always make decisions for your employees. You're not always going to be there no. and you, and that's not a scalable approach. So it's, uh, I think it's one of the biggest struggles I've identified, um, with, uh, restoration contractors in particular, it's because yeah. it, like you said, they, they all come from, uh, not all, but a lot of them come from, uh, um, uh, being hands-on. They know how to do what they do really, really well. Yeah. And getting others to, to execute as well as you can execute is, yeah. is hard. Yeah. And, uh, and being able to sit back and let people make 
those same mistakes and learn is even harder. Well, especially because if you, you know, when you make the mistake, it doesn't cost you anything. Or, or <laughs> even if it does, at least you made the mistake. Yeah. Or right? you, you know, you can absorb it somehow, you know, if it's not too big of a deal, but, but when employees are making mistakes <laughs> yeah. and things like that, there's, you know, I, I was, uh, just talking to a guy we hired the other day and I was like, you know, honestly, he really wanted to work for us. Um, and I was saying, you know, it's, it all honestly comes down to value, you know, if you can find yourself to be valuable within the company, then it, then it'll probably work. Yeah. You know, but the minute it start look, starts looking like it's not valuable to the company, that's just business. There's nothing I can do about it. That's right. You know, so, you know, if you're making multiple mistakes or, um, you know, there's not enough for you to do, or you're not finding a way to, to stay busy and, and grow and learn, then, you know, you're probably, it's not going to work out, you know, so. Well, it's true for all of us, right? It, yeah. it's, you're either adding value or you're not. Yeah. And then I think, you know, in this day and age, it's sort of hard for some people to, to get that, right? And, right. You know, you're, you're managing millennials and, and, and this kind of new workforce of kind of making sure people understand, like, eh, this is all about value creation. We're all creating value for our customers. Right. and. And, uh, you know, when that equation doesn't work, we, we've got to correct it and figure out how to, you know, deliver value in a way that's that makes sense for everybody. Yeah. Yep. Thank you for listening to The Business of Restoration by Next Gear Solutions, a podcast exploring technology and best practices in the restoration industry. Be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider. We'll see you next time for part two of Chris and Garrett's conversation.